Pete, before we get into, you know, we're not really going to do a best of 20, uh, 2019. So, but one thing I did want to say uh, is looking ahead to 2020. What are you looking forward to in 2020, Pete? Glad you asked, Matt. Did you know that the IBD Asia Pacific Convention is being held from the 16th to the 20th of March in Perth? And look, the theme of the conference is con- connectivity and with the aim of bringing all participants from every aspect of our industry together. And that is such a, a good thing. And one of the highlights of the program will be a panel discussion on Wednesday afternoon posing the question, where has all the research gone? Moderated by a very, very good friend of ours, Pete, Charlie the Bamport. The Absolutely. The Ayatollah of autolysis. The, uh, anyway, yeah, Charlie Bamforth. And uh, so, now, is he now emeritus professor Charlie Bamforth? Is he retired, Professor Charlie Bamforth? I'm not sure. Well, yeah, hasn't he handed over? Yeah, he, he has to, to Glenn Fox, who will also be out here, and we'll be trying to grab some time. We'll be there, and to all of our brewing industry professional listeners, and we know that that's a lot of you. Come across, join us, uh, get on the podcast, and have a beer. Uh, another panel session will look at the power of connectivity with a number of panellists from quite a diverse uh, range of, of industry backgrounds. There'll be dedicated sessions to examine sustainability and the impact of climate change on raw materials. And there'll be two sessions devoted to the ancient art of distilling. Make sure you get there. Sponsorship and exhibition opportunities are still available and registration is now open. And you, more information can be found at www.ibd2020.com.au, which you'll find in the show notes. And now... On with the show. And now it's... With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt have been bringing you the world's best local and imported malts. They are your premium brewing partner. And for the last 12 months, they have been, again, proud supporters of this. And this is Good Brews Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum. And joining me festively... From the Brisbane studios of Bruce News, it's Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. <laughs> Seasons greetings. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. How, how, how does one join festively? What, um, what? Aren't you wearing um, tinsel-fringed underpants? Yes. Yes, I am. But I'm just wondering how you knew yeah. that. Whether I'm just wondering whether my and camera was on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've left, the, uh, you've left your webcam on again. <laughs> no, actually, that would be good. It'd be good to, um, you know, without... And we don't want to get on ABAC's bad side or fairs, you know, God forbid. But um, it would be interesting to get our, you know, now that our listeners have um, chipped in very, very uh, diligently and given us some 25 words or fewer independence call to action kind of slogans for our uh, our can release for over the new year, um, they can perhaps turn their attention while it is the festive season uh, to Christmas songs that could be beer related. Uh, how, do, how do you mean? Well, you know, you could, you could sing, for example, it's the most wonderful time for a beer. But isn't, you know, that, that's a, isn't that what CB have done? Didn't CB do that with, I, I, and I have to admit, uh, Joe posted it into the Facebook group, but I didn't. Oh, okay. Have they done that? They're, Maybe they have. I, I think there was. So. Oh, okay. All right, well, forget that. Let's move on with the news, Matt. No, have, uh... <laughs> but, but well done, Pete. No, but this is, this is well, our well done for staying on top of, uh, you know, of the current issues. Yeah, well, you know, I don't have time to watch all the CUB ads that you know pop up in my feed, Very <laughs> or true. any others for that matter. It's it is the busy time of the year, and particularly when you have family. But it is the most wonderful time of the year for a beer. Um, looking forward to it, Matt. 
bit of a break. We should point out to our listeners who have perhaps just joined us or are not cognizant of the fact that we mentioned it the last few weeks. But this is our last for 2019, and we'll see. We'll we'll uh, be back in 2020. And yeah, so, I, I apologise up front for not having a you know blockbuster Christmas edition where we do listicles. Um, and does anybody need another one? Everyone's doing it. Um, you know, us adding to the. Uh, to, to the I think of, those who do it well, we're best leaving it hey, Pete, to what, them to what, do like best ofs and that sort of thing. Pete, what were your five favourite beers of the year? And what were your five favourite labels on beers of the year? And then what were your five favourite beers? And was there any crossover between your labels and the beers? And what were your five favourite brewers of the year? And did any of your five favourite brewers have beers in your five favourite beers? And if not, why not discuss? This episode of Good Brews Week is brought to you by Matt, the Grinch Kierkegaard. <laughs> well, no, well, and Brews News, a modern Christmas carol. <laughs> oh, bah, humbug, said Mr. Kierkegaard. Well, well no, but you know, so there is a certain level of, you know. I, I, take, I take your point because for me, you know, to answer that question, you know, the best beer is the one in your hand. Um, second best is, is the one that you've got lined up next. Um, and, and those two are second only to the one that's in your hand that's been bought for you by somebody who cares about you. So for me, beer is just, it's, I don't and, know, just and, living and, the moment. And, and the beer in your hand that's been bought for you in the shower. Don't forget that one. Yeah. See, <laughs> why are you going to... Why are you going to bring it down? <laughs> I mean, it is, sorry, and the, the, the only point I was making, I was having a go, but there, there, there is, when there are a lot of people who... This is a time of year, and you see it in retail. You see it, you know, everywhere. Um, you know, everyone's got the same idea. We need to do something Christmassy, but we want to do it differently. And there just becomes this arms race of ridiculousness about. Uh, so, yeah, so that was all the way of saying. Look, apologize, apologies. We're not um, anti Christmas or anything like that, but it just didn't seem um, anything. Well, do, do, there's no point us doing something uh, that others have already done far better because it's you know it's it's, it's well, within their bandwidth. Mate, it's just it's noise, not... and and as as we say, we're news, not noise. That's it. So um, I'm going to give some quick thanks up front um, to Cry Malt because obviously uh, you know 25 years in the field and 10 years of supporting or 10 nine years 10 years. Of supporting, uh, they've been pretty much with us since since the beginning. Twenty eleven was, I think, our first podcast. So yeah, so we're just coming up to nine years. Oh, that's right. So I'm thinking of Australian Brews News. They've been with us since uh, very very early. Long term uh, supporters. Yeah. And just announced too that um, uh, Cry Malt through through Barrett Burston is sponsoring my. Um, uh, the big brewer's backyard that we're going to have down at uh, the Geelong Beer Festival. We've got uh, a new location this year, so we don't have a room in which to do, you know, sort of seminars and that sort of thing. So we're just going to do a casual kind of uh, in the in the bandstand that becomes a um, a piano bar later on in the afternoon. We're just going to have a bit of a come down, sit down, have a chat, join in on the conversation um, with uh, with brewers and their beers. And um, I, I should say, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm conscious that we're up almost to six minutes we haven't talked about the, the the beer news yet but just thanking cry malt that they have signed on for 2020 so um you know bringing us uh back in 2020 and you know we, we, we just have got some ambitious plans for how we can sort of lift what we do um and they're, they're going to be our, our partners in that so yeah so if, yeah. if you're a brewer speak to tommy and the team uh at, at, at cry malt exactly let's get on with um, the news let's do that shall we 
let's start off just with a really quick one, Matt, because it just seems to be the you know, very Christmassy, but the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, social media posts again before ABAC. Three breweries have faced rulings by ABAC over complaints relating to packaging and social media posts, including historical posts, as well as complaint that even the adjudication panel appears to have struggled to make sense of. Oh. <laughs> uh, so uh, feral face complaints uh, against packaging and a series of social media uh, adverts and website posts relating to Biggie Juice, Imperial Biggie, and Tusk Double IPA. Um, not, none of those were pre-vetted by ABAC. Uh, go to the story to get all the, the full list of the, um, well, let's say strange complaints, Matt. Look, yeah, uh, we, we, we said off air we didn't want to do too much about it. it. It's ridiculous. Go read it, have a bit of a laugh, and, you know, get some eye-roll practice in. Um, <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it, it, but it, it shows... Um, just how much people are gunning for. Because it, on one hand, it was somebody who was aware of previous ABAC decisions. So they weren't just... Um, you, you, you know, I think sometimes people, when you read ABAC decisions and they're presented as if it's Mr. or Mrs. Citizen walking down the street, seeing something inappropriate, you know, seeing a child holding a beer can in a bus shelter ad and being outraged and going home and sort of thinking, who do Would I complain to? someone this? think of the children? Yeah, but who do I complain to? Oh, this is the body. I'll put in a complaint saying, look, I saw this. I don't think it's quite appropriate. What do you think? Or could you have a look at it? This is why. Um, but it, it, it's not, you know, when, when you read the text of the complaints, it's people that are very, you know, well aware of previous decisions. so There are a, rooms full of cubicles somewhere, Matt, with people poring over uh, every social media post and everything that's beer-related looking for something to whinge about. And, th- and that's what I was going to say, that, you know, like, brewers, if, if, you're, if, if you don't have your, your sort of trainee or your um, cadet or your junior brewer or your junior marketer, just going back over your social media history... To, and deleting any old posts just for good housekeeping. Um, sooner or later, they, they are coming for you. Yeah, if they don't find it, somebody will, yeah. and then ABAC will be notified. At the hey, moment, it seems to be Pirate Life and uh, Feral who have had their turn, but um, yeah, it, they will come looking at some stage. Uh, they will. Uh, more importantly, and this one was of interest to me, Matt, uh, this week we followed up with the news that New Belgium had been bought by Lion, um, but the news that New Belgium's employee owners voted in favour of selling the brewery to Lion's global craft division, Lion Little World Beverages. And this is an important one, I think, because it puts into perspective, um, and particularly if you want to compare, say, with the most recent one, uh, with Bolter. Uh, Bolter was always, um, I guess, because it's just very different ownership structures. So you've got lots of investors who put money in, um, but don't necessarily have very large percentages. So therefore, if somebody comes along, and I'll use that. There's there's one particular brewery I know of, where 77% of the the brewery is owned by the two owners. So if if somebody wanted to purchase that brewery, they those two owners could make a decision on the spot, regardless of what the staff or any other smaller investors think. That brewery is either sold or not sold. Whereas with New Belgium, because the employees were equal owners, they all had to, um, I guess, agree to the to the purchase. Uh, Bolter, for example, and I don't, I don't know the, the full sort of figures, but there's there's nobody in Bolter who had a particularly large percentage share on their own. Did they? Everyone kind of had a less than ten percent. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, there were quite a number of shareholders. Um, yeah, and it was, it was quite uh, diversely spread. I, and I think there might have been some 
companies, there were certainly some proprietary limited companies, but I don't know whether they were investment vehicles for individuals um, or, or, or not. Um, yeah, but when but when a suitor comes knocking, it's not like you can't go to Mick Fanning and say, Oh, mate, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I don't want to sell. I don't want to sell. Well, hang on. You've actually got a fairly small percentage ownership of the business. So, yeah, you can have your say, but it's not going to change the, you know, if, if everyone else says yes, it, it, it doesn't matter what you say sort of thing. Yeah, and that's where it's like, it, it, it's interesting as a business model um, grows and when you've got uh, equity crowdfunding, for example, you, you hope some of the businesses that are taking equity crowdfunding um, and you know, giving 10, 15% of their um, business, and, and I'm, I'm not a lawyer and hopefully we'll have some lawyers listening to this who, who can give us some more expert opinions, but when Camden sold, Three four months earlier, they'd done a, a an equity crowd fund, but they were obviously very well advised because they had what's called a drag along clause, and so if they ever sell, um, because the equity um, crowd funders were a, a significantly smaller um, percentage of the business, they couldn't scuttle the sale to AB InBev. Um, yeah. And you, you hope that the equity crowdfunding uh, businesses are sophisticated enough that they're giving good advice to the equity crowdfunders to say, look, you know, when, when you do this, these are the things you need to insert in your articles of association or your, 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 your sales terms or your, your, your business structure the or your constitution. Yeah. yeah. So um, otherwise you could sort of have raised money to put a canning line in and suddenly those people have the ability to scuttle uh, a sale. Um, but again, the, the law isn't my strong suit and we will get some lawyers, but it, but it um, would be an issue that potential buyers would be very... Um, cognizant of because if it's too complicated to buy the brand um, they're not going to 650 other breweries let's go and look at another one yeah um, uh, actually Pete just one of the interesting things I, I did some number crunching when I uh, looked at it because the uh, media reports for the sale price valued um, New Belgium at between 510 million Australian and 583 million. I'm not sure what the variables were between um, those two numbers, but there were a couple of figures that came out. Um, for example, uh, Craft Brew Alliance um, recently sold at a at, at essentially 566 dollars per hectolitre. Dogfish Head um, sold at 1250 per hectolitre, um, and there seem, you know, which was to a private investor, but there seems to be around about five to six hundred dollars per hectolitre is what US breweries are being valued at these days. Um, so I just thought it was quite interesting to look at some of the Australian breweries, just because there have been a lot of figures cast about for uh, breweries like Bolter. You know, I've seen in, in the Australian 150 to 200 million Australian. For the for for the brewery value, yeah, um, I think about two hundred and eighty million was the the highest advance on that that I saw in print. Oh, really? Where'd you see that? Oh, I can't remember. Okay, well, just just on these US figures, and admittedly, the US is, is a much more concentrated market, but at the same time, 
These have been some of the biggest craft breweries. Um, Dogfish Head was in slight growth, I believe, very slight growth after last year, a, a very slight fall. But New Belgium had fallen quite a bit. Um, so that would influence its price. But Bolter was coming up to a 4 million litre um, a year. year. So on, on these values, um, you're looking at around about 20 million, if, if I'm getting that right. So so that would be 40,000 hectolitres um, by, say, 600 is $24 million dollars. Um, in in Australian dollars, so so that's if it was valued at the same. That's if it was dollar, valued dollar amount per liter. Yeah, yeah, that's if it was valued at um, even at dogfish head value valuations, which you would imagine that because um, the, the interesting thing is most businesses uh, sale prices um, are you know when Asahi bought CUB there was an EBITDA. Um, you know the earnings before you know yeah it's got it's got to come up somewhere in a annual report or and, a, and a profit loss statement doesn't it oh but, but there'll be a multiple so you know like 15 times um, earnings or you know 17 or 22 times and you know there are roughly industry agreed acceptable multiples but then a, a like a strong a very strong brand in growth will have a higher multiple than a business that's doing a little bit tough for example um so you you'd imagine as a very very strong brewery bolter would have um you know like a a, a pretty good multiple so let's uh, do 40 by dogfish head 1250 so you're looking at 50 million so even if you're getting the sort of multiples uh, per hectolitre that Dogfish Head got, you're looking at 50 million litres. So that's paying a lot for goodwill. That's well, and, and and that's paying a lot for goodwill. Um, you know, because on, on one hand, CUB, you know, how many brands do you need? And there's already talk in the industry of Four Pines, which was the the, the first of the CUB purchases two and a half years ago um, was roughly a four million litre brand um, that a, a percentage of that was the um, non-beer, like the Brookvale Union Cider. Yep. I believe it's now a 12 million litre brand, um, but a significant portion of that is Brookvale Cider. So yeah, over two and a half, three years with the complete might of CUB behind it, it's only tripled in volumes, and arguably the profitability's come down. Or so the yeah, you know, whether it's more profitable um, or less profitable, um, you, you don't know. But you've not seen this sudden flooding of four pines um, across the market, um, where, where it's everywhere. Um, no, but also to that map where you have seen. Um, and I'll, I'll use the, the examples of the Outer Eastern pubs that, that I uh, visit once or twice a year with a group of mates. Um, you'd see Four Pines uh, Colch, you'd see, now Draft Ale. Yeah, Four Pines Pacific Ale, uh, Four Pines Pale Ale, and then yeah, Brookvale Union. Now it's just Pacific Ale. You're not, see, you're not seeing the other. So even, uh, but, but what you are seeing is you're, the, you're then seeing Pirate Life uh, next to it. And presumably we're going to see Bolter next to that. So 
for pirate, for, uh, for for Four Pines on their, you know, as an isolated example, where they once had three or four taps, presumably now they're going to have two or maybe one tap. Yeah, the, tap, right. the taps aren't growing at the same number that the you know uh, the big guys' acquisitions are. But anyway, well, no, but, but and again, like so, so this all rolls in a little bit for the market because suddenly Four Pines is competing against um, Pirate Life and competing against Bolter, um, and. It, 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 it's, oh, and Mountain Goat and well potentially yeah. Mountain Goat because the, the um, did, actually where did the A Triple C ruling come down? Did we talk about that last week? It was in the news last week. It I was in the news last week. Yeah, yeah. It, so only that they're de- they're debating, but I don't think there's a that, that, are, that they certainly have been haven't haven't been given the green light. And there's a, there's a, there's a lot to come. So yeah, look, I'm holding off Green Beacon and uh, Mountain Goat folding into the big house, but. You know, if, if if I was the owners of Four Pines, you know, and, and you're multiple after five years, the, the value of the business and, and you pay out multiple after five years um, is based on sales, which which we believe it is, um, you know, suddenly you've got a lot of internal competition where you, you, you're fighting for taps. Because one thing that we're not seeing in, in the market is we're not seeing um, the number of taps available growing vastly so it's more people fighting for roughly the same number of taps roughly the same number of you know um space on you know, amount of space on the on the damn on the shelves. stores yeah yep that's right that's um, a, the old the old saying the, the the shelves aren't made of elastic and, um and it, it's been a little bit interesting to me in terms of a branding perspective um i used to go up to i think it's a national cinema chain um in 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 the inner cities the palace chain where you know if, if, if you've got the French film festival or the German film festival this is oh, the yeah. <laughs> what was that did you just sorry there you go oh sorry I thought my mic was muted <laughs> but so, so the palace chain is, is one of those sort of upmarket it's not your Hoyts it's not your it, it's um, like the old Dendy if Dendy's still around but it's, it's where you go to see yeah Reading, Reading Cinemas down in Melbourne yep I think. Um, well no I think there's a palace yeah anyway and and, and and you'd walk Riddle. in there, and I used to love it, you know, because far from getting just whatever the shitty Carlton Dry 4X Gold beer selection was, you know, over the years it, it's evolved. And so yeah, you can get your um, uh, Four Pines Draft Ale Kolsch um, there, have, have, a, have a beer while you're watching the movie um, with your popcorn. And I thought, yeah, that, gee, that's a really interesting brand placement for a brand like Four Pines. It's, you know, sort of elegant. It's, it's the, the, the European cinema. You get a high demographic. That's really good. Suddenly, um, I noticed two weeks ago that just opposite um, Brisbane's Ro- uh, central station, there's an old hostel building that's now backpackers. Um, and, you know, Pete, when I mentioned to you a backpacker's precinct, what do you think of in terms of um, food and culinary and those sorts of things? Well, I certainly don't think in terms of food or culinary. Um, oh, I'd be thinking, I, I guess, volume, Matt. Yeah. Well, that's, again, you know, I'd be interested to hear our, our listeners because that's um, one of the things that, you know, you, you think of, like, would you wander in, like, if you're visiting a town that you didn't know, and you saw a backpackers with the you know sort of day tours and the sort of you know tin billy type um, advertising, would you is that the place that you would choose to go and, and walk in, or would you sort of go and look for something that had a slightly different vibe about it? 
Yeah, no, well, I would assume, yeah, well, I, I've never backpacked, so I would assume that I'd only want to go in there if I was a backpacker. Or, yeah, you're a little bit younger and things like that. So, yeah, so look, yeah. I, and it, I, I just thought it was a very interesting um, to see that Four Pines has recently opened a very strongly branded bar um, in, 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 a, in, a, in a backpackers, and just wondering whether that has any, you know, sign for that they're, they're now more about growth than they are about branding. Um and that you know, it, it, it's it's about volume rather than. It, it certainly sounds like they're chasing volume. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, because we're... I think too, the Four Pines is a more natural fit for say, um, you know, the well, the the now um, big steaming pile of rubble that was the Sydney Football Stadium, or uh, Homebush. Um, yep. you know, the Olympic Stadium, ANZ Stadium, whatever it is. Uh, that it's that kind of place is 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 a good spot for. For that offering, given that it is is so very sort of you know New South Wales, so perhaps they're looking at you know how do we make Four Pines a bit more national? Well, yeah, and but they they have been so they've had welcome to Brunswick in Melbourne, so they've got a, a partnership down there um, that includes a, a brewery or at least shiny tanks to look at like it's a brewery. I, I don't know the details. Um, they've got a surface bar in Coolangatta and. You know, that keeps in with the Four Pines, you know, North uh, Sydney, North Shore feel um, of the brand. But then suddenly to go to a backpackers, it was a, it was a little bit interesting. Um, and it, even then, I wonder how the Four Pines um, branded bar in Coolangatta is going to go post-Bolter folding into the... Um, yeah, you'd think Bolter might be a... Yeah. A stronger hook. And, anyway. And, and, well, sorry, sorry. And I don't mean to sort of keep going on, but yeah, I, I go back to the chat that I had with Adrian Slaughter um, when Asahi bought um, and also when you listen to the chat we had with the guys from Bolter, one of the messages that comes through very, very um, strongly for them is from them is, look, these businesses have learned their approach is very different. You know, they've given us, they realise that they need our smarts. Um, and I'm sure that on one level that's true. But at the end of the day, these guys are getting cash resources to fuel expansion. But I, I, I really don't know. And uh, we're starting to get the, see the signs that, yes, you've got your, your money for your expansion, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the expansion is just Greenfield's sites. And we are going to start seeing, uh, I, I, I suspect, um, and particularly if the uh, Asahi um, approval goes through, I think we really are going to see a little bit of uh, internal warfare um, hotting up within within the big house as these all of these same brands compete for the same level of taps. Because I, one thing I'm not seeing in the market out, particularly outside of the CBD bubble, is the number of craft beer taps on that bank of 10 taps um, taking away the Carlton Draft, the Great Northern um, tap as often as you see the, uh, the, the, the smaller independent taps uh, being fought over. Yeah, it um, it sets out to be quite interesting to watch, and it could be just sort of like a good old fashioned western where you have you know sort of Walter Brennan leaning on the fence, and hey, there's going to be a gunfight. <laughs> well, I, 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 I do want or, like, could, I, or, or Matt, it could be the Hatfields and the McCoys. It could just be uh, shoot them all and let God sort it out. <laughs> like the market will decide. But uh, yeah, anyway. Now speaking of uh, CB and Christmas good news, 
in this festive season. Uh, great story that, um, and, you know, speak of it what you will, but CB donates water to Queensland and New South Wales farmers. This time last year, or maybe the year before, Matt, I recall, uh, we told the story about uh, CB canning drinkable water and then sending that off into, into, I think, into communities that were affected by the drought. This is a little bit different. Um, and as the, the story so beautifully put it, it may not be falling from the sky, but free water that drought-stricken farmers so desperately need is on the way. Around about 25,000 litres of water arrived at a Southern Downs farm today as part of the Water on Wheels by Carlton United Breweries and national transport company McColls. It marks the official start of the pilot program, which will see free, non-potable water delivered to farms in Queensland and New South Wales. And therein lies the difference, Matt. Mate, ab- absolutely. Um, and therefore the good news storiness about it. Yeah, and look, on one hand, uh, CUB earlier this year rolled out cans of drinking water um, that they were providing free to, you know, drought-stricken areas that you sort of think, you know, that's kind of like, I mean, I, I don't even know if it's a Band-Aid on a, uh, you know, a, on, on a sort of artery um, wound or, or something like that because it's it, it's a little bit about advertising. And it was more about and, marketing and feel-good than it yeah. was about actually. And it had already been but, done. But it was still something. Well, it, it, it was something that uh, AB InBev did, I think, uh, during the Haiti earthquake or um, the the, the um, hurricanes. You, you know, when drinking water is absolutely um, vital, um, they airlift in these cans to provide drinking water in, a, in, in an acute emergency. Um, this had just a little bit, bit of a feel, of, as well-intentioned great as it was, um, but... Um, it, yeah, it, it, it didn't. It seemed to be a little bit about um, grandstanding, um, donating the, the the spent drinking water to farmers that they can use, that's treated, and they can use um, on their properties. Again, if you could build a pipe and pipe the millions of liters that are used um, to troubled areas, that would probably be a little bit more meaningful than try how much water you can truck in. But look, it's it, it, it's something they're doing it. Um, that there's a benefit to them. And even discounting the jokes about, you know, you could just sort of take pallets of um, Great Northern up there and have the same effect. Um, it, good on them. Um, good on them for doing something, helping the farmers. And if, if nothing else, it does raise awareness um, of the plight that the farmers are having. And that's the point, Matt. That, that's exactly the point. Because I think, you know, look, you could argue, and I'm sure some people will have the opinion that, you know, CB are doing this. It's a token thing. It's about as useful as a Kardashian's library card. But it's it is something that, um, is real and it's tangible and it's not just oh let's do a marketing exercise it's like hang on well this water otherwise is going to sort of just end up down the gurg and, and out into the the great blue ocean how about you know let's treat it and and do something with it um 25,000 litres look I I've just recently spent a bit of um time on a farm up in what is this week Matt, going to be a very dry area up um sort of in the Wimmera where they're expecting 47, 48 degrees um, over this weekend. So it's it's the that wide brown land um, writ large. Uh, 25,000 litres, I would assume, isn't going to make a lot of difference to a particular farm. But if it's the start of something, um, who knows? Even if it's just sort of being able to fill dams so that, you know, the the local, you know, native wildlife or, um, you know, some of your stock, you know, gets a, a bit of a feed, then good on them, I say. Oh, mate, absolutely. Now, Matt, <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. Um, did you notice this week that uh, apparently uh, Dan Murphy's is, um, is is rooted? It's gone. It's it's apparently it's in more shit than a Werribee duck. Um, 
And so unsustainable is it that uh, Woolworths are looking to, to offload it. All this according to our good friends at FAIR, the uh, Foundation for Alcohol Research and Education. Um, bit of a Twitter campaign that popped up in my uh, feed. Help stop hashtag Woolworths and hashtag Desperate Dan Murphy's from building its profits off the back of misery. So FAIR are sort of suggesting, and I'll, if we can put a link to the, the little video that they um, that they set up with pictures of, you know, smiling little Aboriginal children who, you know, with, with a big Dan Murphy's all of a sudden put in front of them um, and uh, building Dan Murphy's next to schools and all this sort of thing. And um, did you know that Dan's was for sale or is that just a, something that is that wishful thinking on, on FAIR's behalf? No, no, uh, they're splitting because Dan's is part of the Woolworths Empire and I, I have the areas that I spend a lot of time uh, reading about assiduously. These are things I skim over. And so the, the, the summary to myself is, um, at the moment, Dan's um, ALH is all part of the Woolies empire. Um, Woolies wants to be seen as a fresh food people. Um, the ALH, you know, the, 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 the pubs with pokies, the alcohol business, all of the um, you know, ethical investing mindset um, is casting a bit of a net over the, the Woolies, the fresh food, food people brand. So they're spinning that off. You know, they're spinning all of the sin businesses off into a separate um, business um, that will be Endeavour Drinks Group, I believe. Um, so that just allows Woolies to be Woolies. They can sponsor the schools. They can sponsor the kiddies, you know, sell apples um, and look good. Um, and the, the, the sin businesses don't tarnish that business, but they still get to make pots and pots and pots of money from uh, selling alcohol. There we go. Uh, so, yeah, interesting one, that one, I thought. Um, the other one that uh, got a lot of retweeting from FAIR was the, uh, the review of the standard drinks uh, table, if you like, Matt. Did you see this one? Oh, yeah, again, poor old, uh, poor old me, Claire's away. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I've actually been, you know, well, I've been trying to sort of do what I normally do and keep the uh, hamster on the wheel. Um, so I, I did see this. He, he um, misses you, Claire. But we I, all miss you, Claire. <laughs> but I didn't. Yeah, I, I look. I didn't get the chance to really dig and then do um, additional research to um, look into to my questions. But yeah, look, it, it, and it probably is worth digging a little bit deeper because on the one hand, you've got the headlines saying, you know, we're all drinking too much, um, and then you've got other people saying, hold on, these things are much more complicated than the headlines make out, which invariably they are, but whether the people who are saying that then overreach with what they're saying, um, I haven't had a chance to look at. But it, what, 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 just give us a new summary, Pete. What, what, what do you think? Uh, well, again, I've got to sort of look into into all the figures, but um, there's certainly there's two very divided sides to the argument. One is, oh, you can't, you know, don't you dare tell me uh, that I'm drinking too much and how much I should drink, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then on the other hand, there's, well, hang on, let's have a look at the figures. In fact, the, the, the big figure that everyone's saying is, oh, you know, it's uh, the standard number of drinks that a male can have in a week is has is gone down to or has been reduced by to this 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 figure. If you look at just a cursory glance at the the figures underneath that, the um, two standard drinks per per day. So people are saying, okay, well let's divide that by seven. Oh, so it's down to fourteen. The actual figure I think was uh, two standard drinks if you are drinking, you know, three days a week or something, whatever it was, three times three times a week. So uh, the actual table says something like, I think it's 20.2 and 18.4 or something like that, 20.2 for men and 18.4 or something for, for women. So it's actually, they've, they've looked at it, I think, uh, over 
lots of different metrics and said that, yeah, no, actually it's um, – we can actually drink a little bit more than what the, the previous guidelines were. So like, there, there's debate on either side. It'll be interesting to see. I'm very conscious when we're doing this on the podcast and people listening that it's very different to two blokes standing at a bar. You know, it's basically, it's just what we're doing, but I always like to preface it. Look, I haven't done any research about this, so it's essentially two blokes standing in a bar talking outside of their um, expertise, and we all know that when it's Pete and I standing at the bar that we actually can solve the world's problems. I'm a little bit more mindful that when we're talking to the audience that we've got, um, that we could basically... Yes, we don't want to be saying, <laughs> hey, go out there and drink 14 standard drinks now. Oh, well, well oh, not, not even that. But, you know, when we sort of say, oh, you know, all the world needs to do to be fixed is do this one thing. And it's, it's much more complicated. And I also yeah. don't... Because I don't understand epidemiology, um, you know, which I believe is a study of disease and sort of risk and things like that. But the the I, I think when people see those guidelines and go, you know, that there is the first thought, well, geez, I drink more than that and I'm fine, so they're wrong. Um, and then, you know, there's always the, oh, my Aunt Emma swears by having three stubbies of beer or yeah, and, and a whiskey, which is more than... And she lived to 100. Um, my understanding is that these figures are just based on best practice, based on minimising risk um, and all of those sorts of things. And, you know, um, you, you need to be aware of that. But one of the things that I'm really becoming aware of the more I go out and talk to people who have been in the industry for longer um, is there are a lot of people in the industry that are very, very conscious of how much they're drinking. And it's not just on the um, how you feel, how you look, um, long-term risk. It's, you know, they're just thinking of being very aware of the habits around drinking and things. And, you know, having these studies come out, it's not a hard rule. It's you know, people. Some people will benefit more. Some people won't um, from following them. Um, but it's just a. It, it gives you a measure that you can sort of base your own um, uh, awareness on. No one's telling you don't drink more than twelve drinks. Nobody's telling you not to drink more than eighteen drinks in a week. It's 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 just a guide. It's a recommendation. It's yeah. risk based. And in the same way that everyone listening to this knows, oh, geez, you know, I could probably do a little bit more exercise each week, or gee, I could do with being a little less less stressed about uh, you know political issues at work. Uh, you know what? I could probably spend a little less time in the cesspool that is Twitter, getting upset at <laughs> what what people and, with opinions other than me, um, you know, choose to spout. And, and uh, again, it, it, it's because, yeah, I mean, that, that's a good um, thing, Prof. You know, for those who've got smartwatches these days or, you know, um, the things that measure steps, if you get a daily report on how many steps you're doing, there is an encouragement. Some people will go, you know, when, when they're disappointed by only doing like 2,000 steps a day, um, they'll take it off because they just don't want to know. They don't want to have their um, lack of activity exposed to them on a daily basis. But then there are other watch. Yeah, but then there are other people and and I know that you're one of these. You make a note of doing your ten thousand every day. And you know, having that guide, um, it it does give you a motivation to um, try and do more or try and increase, you know, or or gee if 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 I park at the far end of the shopping centre or the far end of the work car park that's um, me. And, and walk in. That that gives me a couple of extra steps, which can only be a good thing. Um, and, and, and keeping these guidelines in check and being aware of what they represent and, you know, being aware of what um, the National Health and Research Medical Council um, suggests is, is a healthy amount. 
gives us a guide that you can either choose or ignore. Um, if you choose it, yeah, it gives you something that you can uh, work towards. That's it. I think it was Brendan Varis, wasn't it, who, who I don't think he was the first one to say it, but certainly points out in terms of, you know, uh, brewing, what, what, you can, what you can measure, you can improve on, or you can repeat, or you can um, expand on. Exactly. So, yeah, it's all about numbers. Uh, Matt, related to that, we had a bit of a chat about this. We've, we've chatted about it before, but we chatted about it off air. Um, and Fair also recently, uh, I guess, had a bit of a crack at um, or suggested that alcohol-related harm was far worse in Australia than I think it, it actually is by looking at the number of um, hospital admissions that were deemed to be alcohol-related. And it turns out that uh, and for whatever reason, you, you might be able to shed some light on this. Um, Alcohol-related can mean you've had one standard drink in the past 12 hours. Yeah, and because I, I, again, this was one, was one where there was a little bit of, you know, someone from the alcohol industry um, said, yeah, fair's saying this, but here, here's the truth. And so you need to take that with as much grain of salt because you've got two um, bodies that have agendas um, you know, because they've got self-interest, um, which drives their agenda, um, arguing over over the same thing. And I, I found that quite interesting because think about it. Like when you go to a hospital, say you've fallen down the stairs and broken your leg um, and you need treatment from a doctor, they fill out a form. Um, and you know, name, address. You know, are you allergic to anything? Um, have you have you got insurance? Ha, ha, yeah. Have you eaten in the last you know six hours? Have you had alcohol in the last twelve hours? Um, and or, and you tick a box. And, and, and you tick a box. And I, I imagine, and again, please, people with far more knowledge than, than I do, um, correct me if I'm wrong on this, I, I, I believe that when statisticians go back and look at um, these figures, they're, they're using the, the, the barest examples that somebody in the last 12 hours has ticked a box saying that they've consumed alcohol, which is probably more related to whether or not you can have anaesthetic or just something that a doctor needs to be aware of um, and that when the doctor comes to treat you, oh, you've ticked a box saying uh, you've had alcohol okay, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In, in, in the last but 12 the, but hours. The tick, yeah, the tick box doesn't say, I've just come from a, uh, a brewery, for, you know, a, or you can drink buffet yeah. or... Yeah, no, I had a, a toast at a wedding it, it, yes. this time yesterday. It, I, I believe it's a, it's a Last diagnostic yeah. tool. So yeah. that when, okay. when the treating doctor comes up and treats you, um, they can sort of say, oh, look, you've ticked this box about alcohol. Um, how much have you had? And if, if, if you had like a, a, a beer over lunch, or say it's first thing in the morning and you had a beer when you're cooking dinner the, the, the night before um, and you've ticked, yes, I've had uh, alcohol in the last 12 hours, that person will then just go, oh, okay, well, that's nothing. We can give you, um, you know, this drug that would we couldn't if you'd literally just come from the pub having had a skinful. Um, they're, they're not putting you on the bag to get your um, ABV or anything like that. I believe, it's, I believe that's the level. But then when statisticians come later and they say, well, X percentage of hospital emissions have ticked, ticked this box, that then gives you a figure that... Fair are using to represent one thing, um, whereas it's probably not a fair represent. Sorry, to, I didn't mean to sort of uh, pun there, but it, it is probably not an accurate representation of the influence that alcohol would have had in you know if you had an if if you had a standard drink at lunch yesterday, um, and at midnight 
um, when you get up in the middle of the night um, and it's dark and you fall down the stairs and you tick the box that you've had alcohol in the last 12 hours. That's had nothing to do with whether or not you've fallen down the stairs in the dark as you went to get a drink of water um, in, in the middle of the night. So, yeah, you need to be wary of how these figures are used is, is, is the takeaway that I was getting. Yeah. Um, now, speaking of takeaways, takeaways often uh, come in the form of cans. Cans often have labels on the map. Yes. Um, this is as good an opportunity as any to thank our very good friends at Relling's Label Stickers and Packaging who have um, come on this year, uh, become part of the, the Brews News crew, uh, the family, if you like. Um, call 1300 852 235 to discover a more efficient way to get your small batch canning labels done and all sorts of other things if you're one of the many brewers who listens to this. Um, but for our listeners, they're probably sitting there um, eagerly on the edge, perched on the edge of their seats, waiting to hear... Um, which one of uh, those who sent in a little call to arms, a call to action for uh, uh, independence, uh, the logo of which will, or the tagline, which will appear on beers made by our good friends at Seven Mile Brewery for us. And uh, one of our listeners will will get a, uh, I guess their, 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 their thoughts etched. In, in, in a beer can, yes, because Rallings are so flexible that we ask them whether we, you know, if we had 25 words or less to put on a beer can label, yeah. they could few us. <laughs> Sorry, well, that's just conditioning because I know that you're right. And uh, it, I, I get very upset when I see, uh, you know, less than... Uh, or four, people say four, amount, to, amount when they mean quantity yeah, or yeah, number. L- yeah. l- l- less than four carbs or, yeah, less than, yeah, and, and I was fewer... Um, yeah. So, yes, I, I agree with you, Pete, So, but it's just bad. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, fewer than 25 words on a can and be emblazoned um, with uh, – actually, I might also ask um, Jamie Cook uh, or at least the IBA whether we can get IBA blessing to put the the independence logo um, on the can as well. Next to it as well. Yeah, probably um, we should. Just Given so that we're talking about independence, and we, we've got – It's fair to say that we have had, we've, we've had some crackers. We've had some who have – uh, it, it's interesting that our, our listeners have gone in, in quite in very different directions. Hmm. Do we have? Do we have? Uh... Well, well, we'll do a random sampling. Otherwise, we could do a whole podcast if we um, even with just twenty five words or fewer. Um, we could easily do a whole podcast. So we'll, we'll just sort of grab a couple and then we'll announce the winner. Give us a couple of honourable mentions, Matt. Uh, okay, so let's see. I think Evan O'Brien uh, was the very very first. I think it pretty much came in the afternoon that the podcast went live. So I don't know what Evan's doing at work, but he's obviously listening to us, which is great. Um, made by Australians for Australians and pays taxes like Australians. So support your fellow Australian by keeping to independent beer. So nice. Gives you know, Again, we were talking about we need a flag that people can rally around and salute. Does it quite well. Um, yep. oh, Honourable mention, Matt, from uh, Josh Quantrill. Um, who's uh, now pretty sure he's in the sales crew at um, at Capital Brewing. So I don't know. We didn't say you know like anyone attached to an independent brewery obviously is still uh, is still eligible. Um, but I thought his one was great. Uh, he said, uh, "Hey Pete, this is certainly less than and in brackets fewer twenty five words." <laughs> and his one was simply independence breeds innovation, which I thought was good. It's well, not necessarily. <laughs> it's not necessarily quid pro quo. It's not necessarily no, not quid pro. Uh, you know, one begets the other kind of thing. Ergo, you know. You know, I, I think the real test will come um, when one of these slogans is posted to Facebook, um, and 
everyone comes out and starts tearing it apart, which is yeah, that's right. Well, it's, it, look, it's always which good. is the problem, and that, and that's been the hard part about choosing choosing a winner. Um, Scott Elmsley's one was a good one. So community support local, the economy taxes supporting local growth, transparency know where your drink comes from. I don't know, it, that's that's great because it, it does sum up the I, I think the the areas community for me is the I think the one because innovation is not the 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 sole purview of of you know because you're a, an independent brewer you've got you know the license to be innovative and particularly um, as more and more craft breweries are going back to do um, pilsners or lagers as, as their mainstay you could just say well what's innovative exactly. about that but 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 community. Um, is always part of that transparency. I like that Scott threw in transparency because I think that does that's a bit of a touchstone for for a lot of people. Very much, um, Daniel Reed. It's not about putting people down for drinking the more widely available beers or thinking we're superior because we don't. It's about supporting your local community. Um, there you go again, the local community. So, uh, but yeah, Pete, I, I think we did find a winner. Okay, so. Here is, here is the full, here is my 25 words or less spiel about the beauty of independence. Um, despite what my rhyming skills might indicate, I'm not 12 years old, but the good news is <laughs> I do wear a uh, medium shirt, love the show, etc., etc. Cheers. Um, Aaron Gladkey. And it is independent, resplendent, transcendent. Don't bend it, defend it, or the big guys will end it. Um, and, and I think <laughs> on, on the can, even if we just uh, have independent defend it or the big guys will end it um if i can just do a little bit of I, I, editing i think there. that's very that's that's very um you know inverted commas craft or or indie because it's a it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek but it's like to me when when you read that out to me the first time matt uh, the you know the the picture that came straight into my head was pete brown's uh the big word craft with the thin line through it yep yep saying so, you know it's do you know what I mean? Did that? Did that? Yeah, uh, no, that no. Because again, it, it, it's not saying that the big guys make. And shit if you weren't a brucon, that might not make sense. But if you can picture the word craft, but with a thin line through it, so what it is is still visible, but the new call to action is also part of, I guess you know. So it, it's it's where we were, where we need to be, and and where we're at at the moment is that sort of transition stage. Yeah, mate. And look, to, to me, craft. It's very hard to defend because the big guys make craft beer as well. Exactly. Um, you can't, yeah, you, we, we can't co-opt craft. And the whole point of this was, you know, the start of the conversation was that independence is the one thing that the big brewers can't imitate. They can't stick it on a label. They can't pour it into a tin. They can't um, feed it to you as a, as a marketing line. But so it's the one thing that we've got, but it's not necessarily the thing that makes any difference to the end user other than 20 bucks extra on top of your carton. But I think if you ask people, um, and, and please, we'll, we'll, we'll put this up in the um, in, in, in the Facebook group today, um, and love to hear everyone's thoughts about it um, because I, I keep hearing how good our Facebook group is in terms of it's a safe place for people to discuss ideas without. Oh, okay, and can I tell you, Matt, particularly at this time of the year? Yep. Uh, com- <laughs> by comparison, yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm I'm very happy being, having this as our little cubby. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but uh, so we'll pop it up there. But for for me personally, and ultimately, that's what the tagline needs to be. It needs to be something that everybody has their own little bit of ownership of the slogan, which gives them an emotional investment in the independence thing. Big brewers can be 
can make great beer. Um, you know, they, they do a lot of good for the community. Um, you know, independence is a little bit hard because you've got, um, you know, th- 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 this week I talked about, I, I talked to um, Brad Rogers, I'm going to put up as a special Christmas edition or bonus content next week um, of, of a live chat I did with uh, Brad. And I just made the comment, uh, you know, I, I said, well, you guys are the biggest independent brewer. And then suddenly I thought, well, Gage Rhodes might have something to say about that. <laughs> I said that out loud. And Brad Rogers said, no, we're the biggest. We're the biggest <laughs> independent brewer. And so, you know, to, to, to them, even to Stone and Wood, there is a view about what is an independent brewer and things like that. So don't get bogged down in definitions of independence. We all know what our own individual um, view of independence is and, and what is independent to us. Um and what matters to us, and I just sort of think independent, defend it, or let the or don't let the, big, the guys big guys end it, it, is is to me, and, and to me, it, it's a really nice pithy way of saying what I've always said. You know, the one thing that matters to me is we do know that at the moment the big guys are locked in competition for share of mind for their brands, and they are something that just wants to grow, and it's not malicious most of the time. It's not, you know, they're, it, it, it's a business. It's what businesses do. They're not targeting anyone. They are just targeting growth, um, and that's fine. But the flip side is that if we don't choose to spend money with independence, it will go away because we've seen it, and we know that that will happen because we look at the milk industry, we look at cheese, we look at, you know, all of these industries that – the small, you know, all of the things, innovation, um, interest, you know, creativity, a lot of that will go because once there's no pressure on the big guys. Um, and so that was something that resonated with me. So, yes. Yeah, um, well, it goes to show too, Matt, that in independent innovation um, at a very local level survives. It's, and it's, it, can, it can really be what builds your, builds your brand. But once you get bigger and bigger, that innovation or that community kind of gets lessened. You've got to then uh, either accept that it's diluted or you've got to find some other way to, to, to energise it. The IBA has got its definition of definition as an industry trade, trade group. So they can put a line on who's in and who's out. Like who can be a member of our association and who can't be. Um, and, and, and that's awesome. But find your own, as a consumer, find your own meaningful definition of independence and support it. Exactly. Speaking of support, Matt, uh, big shout out. Thank you to Beer Cartel who sponsor our uh, Letter of the Week. Uh, don't forget you can review us on iTunes or send us in an email and you'll be in the draw for the Letter of the Week for a six-pack of independent, not featuring that particular label just yet, but you never know. Maybe next year's Canvent calendar or uh, you know, various Advent calendars uh, might have the uh, the Brews News um, call to independence can in it. Uh, but thank you again to, to Beer Cartel for their long-term support and for everything that they do in this um, uh, beer industry that uh, we all love being a part of. Actually, uh, some, of, some of our best ideas have grown organically out of uh, us throwing ideas out. How, how, about, how about we approach the guys at Beer Cartel and see if we can't, um, you know... Sneak a beer into next year's uh, yeah. advent calendar. And because um, rallings are so flexible, we can just, you know, it, we don't have to get a beer made specially, but we can have our own personal choice of a uh, mystery beer that goes in in the can that, that you and I oh, think... Oh, it, Matt, and I just had a thought too. If we could get it brewed for us by our friends at Soapbox, that just might be just a nice little time. 
<laughs> so. A soapbox, Brews new soapbox beer. No, but look, um, no, thank you very much to, to Beer Cartel. Don't forget, so all letter writers will receive a Brews News bottle opener, so make sure you've uh, given us a postal address. If, if you're and you hear us, yeah. So, so thank you to those guys who have heard their name called out and email us because we don't have the huge enterprise behind us that we can chase you up. If you hear your, your letter, you're obviously a listener. That's Shoot it. us through and without... Because because a lot of it does come, Matt, from the, the Facebook page, so you're not yep. necessarily going to print a, a comment on Facebook and then add your address to it just in case you get it read out. But some people did do that, and they have uh, about to get them read out, starting with uh, Jason the Slug Harris. Um, now, Jace, uh, part of the, the crew out at, the, at, at Big Shed Brewing Concern, and congratulations, guys, on the opening of the uh, the brewery. I don't think it's all... The, I think the venue is open at the moment. The brewery, I think, is still... Being dialed in, shall we say, but uh, in a far more expedient manner than uh, perhaps the Scottish brewery has managed to do with theirs. Um, but uh, Jason um, popped in on the Facebook page talking about the ABAC reviews. Rival breweries complaining could explain the rise in ABAC reviews? Question mark. Far fetched? Question mark. Is it really? Question mark. Competition will make people do odd things. That's an interesting one. That perhaps Jason is suggesting that it. Have we looked at the option? that perhaps other breweries are making complaints about other breweries' um, Facebook posts. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, and look, you, you, you hope not. But then what for all of the surface of Bonhomie in the industry, it, it's a very competitive industry. And um, you, you, you'd hope there's nothing untoward going. But, no, but, but when but, the rubber hits the road... Mate, by the same token, by the same token, that last tap, but I'll have a beer with you afterwards. You know, Pete. You know, I, I the the thing is, I can phone the local police station, and you know, on one of the many times that you uh, upset me, um, I could phone the local oh, police you could, station. You could grasp me up, and they go, "Yeah, <laughs> you know, he lives in Victoria. You well, fool." No, well, but, well, well, I could sort of phone. You're going to ring the AFP, Matt? Are you? I, I could phone the local police station to so say yeah, that yeah. Pete Mitchum. He's always drink driving, and they could set up a uh, um, red team out front of your house. And every time you drive past, they ping you for it. So I can sort of go the mongrel on you. But if you're not drink driving, there is nothing to get you pulled up on. But you would know that it's me because it's it's all anonymous. Um, yeah, that's but, but yeah. Yeah, so, so look, yeah, I, I take Jason's point. But the other thing is that... Except, except I've got mates in the force who will grass you up <laughs> they, they big time. They won't grass me up big time. So, anyway, yeah, it's, mate, it's you, 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 you're getting off topic. Um, I'm getting off topic. <laughs> I'm just... Simon Gordon on the Facebook No, 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 well, well, no, well, no, no, because I, I just wanted to sort of say... Okay, that, quickly. So, so Jason is right, and you, right. You, you, you'd hope there's not a maliciousness going. But at the same time, if one business is getting a commercial advantage over something that... Other brewers are because of the best interests of the brewing industry are avoiding, all better off, you know. Because it, it, if if you are marketing in a way that contravenes ABAC, and you are getting a marketing advantage for breaking the rules, then you're actually doing the wrong thing by the industry. And that goes back to my planets and gravity. If you've got somebody, you know, if if planets change, um, all of the little planets have to you know get thrown out of orbit as well. So. Stick to the lane. Yeah. Remember, though, Matt, uh, when a certain brewery, who we don't mention anymore because they're reasonably irrelevant, um, bought out, I, I'm pretty sure they were the first ones to bring out a, uh, inverted commas, Pacific Ale. Uh, the response was not, you know, uh, go through legal channels. It was a phone call, brewer to brewer, hey, guys. Now, as it turned out, they said, 
yeah, thanks for your call. Get stuffed. We're doing we're doing it anyway. <laughs> um, but but that's 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 the way to do it. I would have thought, and I would have thought that's far more independent. That's far more craft than uh, you know tittle uh, tattle. Well, that would uh, no. See, I, teacher, I would distinguish on on, on that writing particular notes to the teacher or well, see, dobbing I'd, you into the head. But 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 if it's my um, IP and you're transgressing that, then yeah, sort of. Oh mate, um, probably best I give you a call to to let you know that. We've got this trademark, and you know we think that you're doing that. That's different because that's my self interest. Um, but we we all know that, you know, we we don't individually want to be the policeman for things that aren't our particular self interest. We'll see somebody doing something wrong, and it's not up for us. It, it's no one wants to be the person that goes over and beats the narc and and tells them that you're doing the wrong thing. Um, so yeah, look I, I, again, I, I I don't think it's an acceptable business practice and I you know I would hope that people aren't doing that but at the same time you know there is that element of if you're not doing the wrong thing you've got nothing to worry about that's right uh two more letters in the mailbag Matt to finish off the year of mailbag and hopefully I'm going to assume that Beer Cartel are um happy with the arrangement and uh being part of the Bruges News family and will uh be part of it again next year but if, if not thank you very much guys for all of your support and uh look forward to to doing business with you in the future as a supporter um Simon Godden on the Facebook group. Uh, apropos, our discussion last week, was it, Matt, in the previous episode? Anyway, just listening to the podcast and heard your comment on the soulless 10-barrel brewery in yes, Portland. Yes, it was last Inter- week. Yeah, we, we, we Interestingly, in. I had no idea that it was an AB InVev brewery, and, I, and it was one of my favourite Portland breweries when I visited in July. I wonder how much knowing a brewery or even a beer is owned by AB InVev or some other corporate brewer affects our perception of that brewery or beer, which generated quite a bit of comment. Um, I noticed yeah, James Davidson popped in as well because he'd been to Portland. The one we went to, we should have put it out, was in Portland downtown in the Pearl District. Not There, there is another one that, that they have in Bend, Oregon, uh, outside of Portland, you know, three hours south of Portland. Um we certainly did get some comments from from other people who had visited saying, yeah, look, felt a, a, a similar sort of thing. And I think we spoke to Richard Adamson when we were in San Francisco because uh, that was the night we caught up with uh, he and Michael Capaldo. That's correct. From uh, HPA, uh, who had sort of similar feel that, yeah, and so it's just some of those touch points that just – it looked a little bit – I won't say it looked McDonald's-y, but what it did when you went to some of the other – uh, independent breweries, you could you could see the difference. So sometimes you need to go somewhere else to go. Oh, I can't quite put my finger on, on what it is because sometimes it's it's what's not there. And and like it, it it's it, it's one of those things that when you've got a favourite little shop that suddenly starts expanding and it's franchised, the aesthetic is the same, that the product is the same, but because it's a franchise owner who's been taught how to run the business, they're not putting their own little spark, their own little personality into it it's yeah and sometimes it's just a little handwritten um you know uh price tag or uh it can be anything yeah so yeah just just lots of little things that... or or if it's a, if if you have a handwritten price tag it's the same handwritten price tag that you see in all 15 of the of the chain um and it, it wasn't bad but it just didn't have the the, the warmth and um I, I wasn't really aware of 10 barrel before i went there so i didn't know too much about it so whilst knowing something does influence your um uh, perception of it it wasn't really on my radar um until afterwards um so no, it was, it was but, more but the to feeling. simon's point that there is probably an element of 
if you know going in, you tend to then look for those cues or look for those telltale signs that, you know, oh, yes, it's, it's you know, part of the, the big house. Um, so that, that, that was a fair point. But well done to all for the, uh, for the polite conversation and uh, everyone putting in their two cents worth. To finish off, Michael Morgan on the Facebook group, Matt. Um, and interestingly, and a shout-out to Trev Burks who posted the, uh, the picture of the um, uh, two birds, their hard seltzer. That they're coming out with just as a as a different product, uh, and again, and well done to Salty uh, Paul Sultana for uh, who's the uh, sales guy there at um, and has been for quite a long while part of the the Two Birds family, um, who I guess put it put the, the brewery's side of the um, you know why why they're they're doing that sort of thing, and well done again to all of our uh, listeners for their very uh, considered and polite responses. Michael Morgan on the Facebook group, been wanting to try these, uh, the Quincy Seltzer, which is the the Lion Hard Seltzer. Have to say, they are right up my alley, like a soda water with lime twist. It's 40 degrees today in Perth, so have to say, very refreshing. And there you go. Again, Matt, that's one of those, you know, time and place, and yep. you don't have to be like Booney and be, over, you know, paid a lot of money to say you're over beer um, to enjoy something different. Um, so now, in the same thing, 40 degrees in Perth, I guess I'm look, I'm looking for a Pilsner, but that's just me. Mate, oh, and, and, and I'm the same. And, and just just on the the point, because um, I, I, I or if I want a soda water with lime, I'll ask for a soda water with lime. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And go alcohol be damned. Yeah. But thank you to Michael. Thank you <laughs> thank to Simon. Yes, thank, thank you, you all. To, to Jason for uh, uh, finishing up. I think. Um, look, I'm kind of. I know he's you know he's part of the the family and all that sort of thing, but uh, I have a feeling the other two have already received. Beer of the week, so I'm going to give it to uh, to Jason by way of a Christmas present, and maybe he can take one or all six of the if they if they're bottles in the uh, thing. You could you know, perhaps break one over the bow of the new uh, Big Shed Brewing Concern over there in uh, in Adelaide. Nice and, and and well done to the guys and all the hard work getting that uh, up and running. Uh, with we should point out, so they applied for some grants, didn't get them. Uh, pointed out that some other rather large breweries in South Australia had been given some government money uh, and negotiated a, a bit of a, a low interest loan, I think, as part of their, and I think they might have done some crowdfunding as well, but it's a magnificent site. I was lucky enough to, when, on a family holiday over in Adelaide earlier in the year, see it when uh, the guys were given the keys by the um, the contractor there to, uh, to drive some um, uh, diggers around. The, so it was pretty much just a dirt site. They were just clearing it. But um, it, looking at the pictures now, looks magnificent. So if you're, if you're lucky enough to, to be around, uh, get over there and support uh, Big Shed Brewing Concern. And, and Pete, can I say that because uh, you had a chat with the team at Big Shed um, on Beers of Conversation earlier this year. Yes. Um, and it was one of my highlights of the year, like one of my conversations of the year. In terms oh, we're of... back to a listicle. Matt, yes, stuff that we were doing so well. <laughs> well, no, it's, that's not a listicle. you've got given us a favourite. It, it, it's a list of one. <laughs> it's, 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 sort of like... it's a listicle. It's not a listicle. It's, a li- it's not even a list. Anyway, tis the season to be jolly and drink something malty. Um, sorry, I couldn't help. I just had to throw in an extra one just in case it's a, it becomes a thing. Um Matt, let's wind this up now because uh, that's the end of the year. That's it's 2019. We'll draw the curtain, but we look forward to being back with all our listeners in 2020. Um, thanks for all your support and thanks for making this all possible and, and letting me be 
a very small part of it. Oh, mate, you're a very big part of it. But it's been a lot of fun. Um, and the way that I think we've grown this particular product this year uh, has been really pleasing to me. Um, the Facebook group obviously has allowed us to to get a little bit more um, immediate response, as has um, you know the couple of uh, chances that we've had to to get out there and have have drinks with our um, with our listeners. Our two hundredth episode. Uh, obviously at the tap house around about this time last year i think and we are hoping to do more of that so yes it's definitely in the in the pipeline we might need one more sponsor just to to make that possible um and as i it's that sponsorship goes into not paying us to to do those things but to ensure that we can do them and not be out of pocket so and and really just covering costs of for for example um our hottest 100 in uh cans which will be coming up at the end of uh January. Um, yep. Thank you to you know because we, we, we've got the guys from Hemingways who are very keen to spread the try and create a bit of buzz around beer up there um, and not influencing anyone's votes um, at all. But, no, but the hottest one hundred is a great way of of doing that of, of doing that and uh, yeah and and Cry Malt has come on to help us uh, Cry Malt um, and Yakima Chief Hops have come on to help us you know cover the considerable costs of uh, having a well produced uh, podcast uh, you know outside of our mum's bedrooms. Yeah, that's right. And mum's living rooms. I was going to say, just yeah. <laughs> where you had to go there. Anyway, uh, so thanks, Matt. Uh, thanks to Crime Alt. Thanks to Relling's Label Stickers and Packaging and to Beer Cartel for making this all possible again this year. And last but certainly not least, thank you to all of you, um, our listeners, um, our supporters on the, the various platforms that, that people uh, can engage with us. It's been an absolute pleasure having you as part of the family and we look forward to seeing you back again in the new year. Uh, have a blessed and safe and festive Christmas um, to you and yours. Drink something nice. Drink whatever floats your boat, whatever cuts your mustard. Um, if, it can, if it's independent and local as well, then all the better. I do, uh, as I've said before, Matt, I do break with tradition a little bit and I um, – uh, or oh, sorry, no, I create a tradition and every year for Christmas I do have some uh, Weinstefan uh, because, you know um, – Good King Wenceslas, who looked out on the Feast of Stephen, which is the the 6th of December. Um, One of his ancestors granted the first brewing, commercial brewing license to to Weinstefan. Um, And so there's a a little bit of a a Christmas tradition uh, in that lot. So that's that's the one, I guess, uh, rule that I break is at Christmas I do have something that's not quite as local. And as long as I've known you, that's been the case. Yeah, so stick stick with my guns there. Um, but, yeah, uh, do whatever you need to do and enjoy uh, a very safe and uh, prosperous and happy festive season with your families and your friends. Thanks very much, Matt, for another year. Thank you, Pete. Looking forward to uh, seeing you uh, again. Well, chatting with start. you again next year. Yeah. Well, I, the next time we see each other will be the uh, 13th. The 13th, yes, yes, of sorry, January. yeah, 13th of January. Um, so, uh, Since we're going over time, I as well throw in a bit of a plug for that as well. Throw in a bit of time, yes, so 13th of January we'll be doing the uh, Chuck Hahn tasting. We're still hoping to get Bernie Powers on board, um, which uh, we're just waiting for confirmation, but we would definitely will have the beer um, and having a chat with Chuck, uh, you know, uh, that we can uh, record and put out as a podcast. Like I just said, Matt, it's one of those opportunities where we can get the Bruges News family, some of the some of the listeners together, because it's always nicer to to meet up with um, with people who uh, either you know send us nice messages or uh, make us aware that you know they're they're 
loyal listeners. It's good to be able to actually put a beer in your hand and um, you not have to pay for it and then uh, raise a glass to your help. Exactly. So we'll do that. All right, Matt, uh, love and best wishes to you and yours. For, you too, uh, Pete. Christmas season. Matt, that, that sort of, uh, the, the L word seemed to stick in your throat a little bit then. No, no, I was trying to think of the right <laughs> word. Oh, there you go. Because I'd said it before. Well, it's, I'd already said it twice in the, yeah, in, the ex, in the outro, and so I was trying to think of a, a different way of saying the same thing. I was just going for a, you know, a, um, a homonym. Excellent. You too, Pete. Uh, thank you for all of your efforts, and I, I think we've sort of done this Christmas thing just about enough. But thank you, listeners. Thank you, sponsors. Thank you, Pete. And uh, Merry Christmas all. Cheers to you Happy all. holidays. <laughs> you had to go there. Merry Christmas, and we're out. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of great Australian beer. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. 